Hi guys, good morning. It's Amanda and I'm here in Los Angeles, California, and I wonder how you are, wherever you are in the world. Thank God we've got the coronavirus vaccine here. So finally, we can start moving on with our lives, hopefully by 2021. The guest I've got on today is amazing. It's Dr. Valerie Rain. She's a psychologist and what she specializes is in something called patriarchy stress disorder. Have you ever heard of the imposter syndrome, you know, where you just feel like when you're achieving something or when you're a high achiever, you feel like you're an imposter. And this happens to women, especially. Now, Dr. Valerie has done a lot of research on intergenerational transmission of trauma that kept coming into view. And she connected the dots. You see, for a millennia of women, we've been oppressed. Oppression is traumatic. This trauma has been recorded and passed down through the DNA for generations. What Dr. Valerie has found out is when we heal toxic effects of PSD on our minds, bodies, and actions, choices, most challenging situations, and crises resolve. And not just in a way that fixes the problem, but in a way that uplevels our whole life success dramatically and brings more joy and satisfaction. Now, the fact that our nervous systems constantly signal to us that we're not safe is the hidden reason why women hesitate to lean in and play big. And when they do, their health and relationships often take a toll, making it impossible for a high-achieving woman to have it all and thrive. This has been a subject that has been discussed a lot. I've read Sharon Sandberg's book, Lean In, where she talks about trying to create a career as a woman in such a high-level place like Facebook. And you know, it's the same for all of us. Like I have a lot of businesses that I run myself and I have a life I live. And sometimes trying to amalgamate the two can be very, very stressful, even for me. So enough said. My name is Amanda Van Annen. Welcome to Beauty and the Beat. Join me and my co-hosts, Betsy Zane and Sophia Brad, as we pierce beyond the beauty myth and get face-to-face with reality. Highs and lows of fashion to the challenges of motherhood, the traumas of life, heartbreak of relationships gone wrong, and how to find purpose and discover your true, authentic self. Hi guys, it's Amanda. And as I had talked to you earlier, you know, I told you I was really excited of having Dr. Valerie Rain on the show. In a minute, you'll be talking to her. You'll be listening to her rather, and we'll be listening to all the wonderful advice she has on patriarchy stress disorder. Well, Dr. Valerie is a psychologist and a mental health in business expert, helping people and organizations achieve their best ROI by achieving the best mental health without therapy. Dr. Rain specializes in uncovering the hidden intergenerational collective and personal traumas that hold hostage people's best work, relationships, and well-being, and effectively resolving them with a powerful mind-body methodology. She holds an EDM in psychological counseling from Columbia University and a PhD from the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology. Dr. Rain is the author of the forming book, Patriarchy Stress Disorder, The Invisible Inner Barrier to Women's Happiness and Fulfillment. 
She is a sought-after speaker and trainer at conferences and companies committed to diversity and inclusion, leadership development, employee wellness, and setting new standards of excellence in their industry. Well, that's a lot said about Dr. Valerie. Dr. Valerie, welcome to Beauty in the Beat. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for this generous uh, yeah. intro, Amanda. Yeah, um, thank you for coming on to the show. You know, before I got you on here, I had spoken to, I remember doing an interview with Benita Conde, and we were talking about stress, you know, and mm-hmm. we were talking about epigenetics, actually. Yeah. And I was telling her how I believe that our traumas come through generational karma because I'm also very spiritual and uh-huh. you know I came to this conclusion that sometimes the things we experience are not actually our experiences but experiences of the people that came before oh, us yeah because you know when I started to think about things like um DNA mm-hmm. and how we resemble our parents and we bear a resemblance to our you know parents or our family I thought if we bear resemblance to our family we must carry some of their thought DNA or psychological DNA. And so when she told me about you, I was just enthralled. I was like, I've got to find this woman. I've got to have her on the show because I've got to hear more about this. And I've been reading a lot about this. I've started reading your book. And I wanted you to tell me because I was reading a bit about how you came to this conclusion about mm-hmm. stress disorder. So I would like you to tell us a bit about you know, your journey. Mm, absolutely. I think my journey began when I was a little girl and my life was defined by the question, what's wrong with me? Everywhere I turned, I kept hearing, oh, don't laugh so loud. People don't like that. Don't be so smart. No one would want to marry you. Uh, don't eat this. You'll get fat. Oh, look, you're, you're getting so skinny. Eat something. And I just couldn't get it right. And I kept on trying and failing and went on to study psychology because what else would I study to figure out what's wrong with me and uh, fix it once and for all. And two graduate degrees later, I was having uh, my dream life. I was doing the work I loved. I had a thriving private practice in New York. I had a family and home I adored. And then one day I was on the phone with a client when I noticed I was smiling only with the right side of my face and the left side of my face just hung in there and as did my left arm. And I finished the call and got out, got in the car and using my right arm, drove myself to the hospital. And there, after a whole day of scanning me up and down, they came to the conclusion that my diagnosis was, quote unquote, just stress just stress, which was a huge relief. And also it puzzled me to no end because Amanda, I did not feel stressed. I was living my normal life. And if you had asked me, Valerie, are you happy? I would have said, of course, I'm happy. I have everything I ever wanted. But what happened there in the emergency room, as I was lying there on this cold stretcher under the hospital light, I noticed that as I had time to think and feel for the first time in a long time, as a mom, as a professional, I didn't have to take care of anybody else in that moment. And 
the security blanket of stress and always being on the go and that workaholism began to slip. And what was underneath that question, what's wrong with me, was still there, was still there. Having been covered for years by achievements and all the things that were supposed to make me feel happy and fulfilled. And I wasn't. And it was a very devastating realization because I felt, well, I have done it all. I have been in therapy for years. I have read every self-help book I could get my hands on. Been on this personal development journey for years too. What else can I do? And am I so broken that nothing works for me? And am I so greedy? What else do I possibly want? I have everything. And thankfully, in that moment, I had my clients to look up to because they were shifting from the state of disconnection and numbness and stepping into the fullness of their lives. And so I began to wonder, what am I doing for them that I'm not doing for me? And with all of my clients, it turned out I was using mind-body trauma healing tools, even though... For most of them, they have not experienced life-threatening events that they would have described as traumatic, but they were all showing this telltale symptom of trauma, which is disconnection from parts of themselves, from their authenticity, from their bodies. And my disconnection had to get so loud as to the whole left side of my body going offline for me to notice that, oh, me too. I have trauma. But what kind of trauma? And I began to wonder what kind of trauma could we possibly carry that we may not even know about? And that's when the research on epigenetics started really hitting my awareness. Studies that show that oh, traumatic experiences are genetically transmitted. And that's when the dots connected. Wait a minute. Women have been oppressed for thousands of years. For thousands of years, women's bodies didn't belong to them. Women's children did not belong to them. Women couldn't make money. Women couldn't marry who they loved or divorce. Women's lives didn't belong to them. That's traumatic. Trauma is genetically transmitted. And that's how this download of what I termed patriarchy stress disorder came in. It is a legitimate condition in our that lives in our subconscious, lives in our DNA, lives in our nervous system that creates all sorts of symptoms for us that we end up trying to solve as if something was wrong with us. And my biggest conclusion is, well, there is nothing wrong with us. There is nothing at all wrong with us. Yes, we carry this trauma and it's generational and we can heal it. So what fascinates me is the discovery of how you connected the dots, how you connected, you know, this trauma that is generational and then how you realize that that's what's actually going on. Because even though I'm not a psychologist or a therapist, I know the way psychology is practiced in general. Yeah. A lot of times they don't link things that far back. No, not at all. You know, they link it, to, okay, maybe to your parents or to that growing mm -hmm. up, but mm -hmm. it's never beyond the current state. So that said, what is the process? You know, mm. how do you decipher this? Well, let me see what we can uh, unpack here together. I want to make sure I'm answering your question. So stop me at any time and if I'm veering in a different direction. No, it's perfect. It's excellent. 
There are some issues with how psychology is taught and practiced as survivor of two graduate schools in psychology. I can speak to the fact that the way it's taught is very head-based. You talk about things and it completely disregards the body. And the body is the most accurate history book on the planet. The mind distorts things, the mind forgets, the mind constructs stories. The body remembers things exactly as they have impacted us and or generations before us as well. Sometimes we may be running into some fears or some ways that in which our bodies say no, 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 and then holds us back that we have no idea why. And looking at it through the lens of PSD, which affects us all, but in different ways, affects us all. And we all have different trauma adaptations, ways in which we have learned and generations before us, our ancestors have learned to keep themselves safe, which have been different. But the trauma is there. And the way that we know it's there is that our nervous systems run hot. Our nervous systems run hot which shows up in different ways. Well, most commonly anxiety, which conventional psychology doesn't have much to offer for anxiety. We have clients who have been in therapy for decades and then they come to our programs and they resolve anxiety in a matter of weeks, whereas they didn't see any shifts with therapy. I mean, people go on medication. That's about the extent of the help that they can get in the conventional system that does not work with the body. But once we get into the body, we begin to uncover, oh, how else does that manifest that our nervous system runs hot? Our nervous system running hot also shows up in trouble sleeping, trouble resting, trouble relaxing without a glass of wine or a pill, and generally feeling unsafe in the body, trouble with arousal and orgasms, trouble with intimacy. And we are approaching it as if something was wrong with us. If we go to therapy, that's where the therapist will take us, like what happened in your childhood, like your history. And the truth is, most things that are affecting us have nothing to do with us. This history is a lot more ancient than what we experienced in our childhood. And that's a big liberating thing to understand, that it has never been safe for a woman uh, <laughs> under patriarchy ever, especially if you are a visible woman, especially if you are a powerful, outspoken woman. Women like that, women like you, like us, have always been punished throughout history, locked up in asylums and beaten and killed. And there's just such a list of tragic atrocities. And even if you're direct ancestors have not experienced these things. They have witnessed these things happening to other women. And our nervous systems learn. And so here we are in the world of opportunity that is unlimited. We can show up, we can play big, we can express ourselves authentically in whatever ways we like. We can love who we love. We uh, can put our gifts out there in the world. 
And then we keep running into these invisible inner barriers that don't quite allow us to do it or don't quite allow us to enjoy it. Oftentimes women come to do this work on healing generational trauma with us when they have checked off all the boxes, they have accomplished it all, they have a family, they have a business or they have a career that is successful, but they can't enjoy it. And that's a very lonely place because who are you going to complain about that to? Your therapist, that's probably the only one who you can even talk to about it, who is like financially obligated to listen to you and not judge you. But you're judging yourself because there are so many people who are suffering. How dare you? How dare you not to be grateful, not to enjoy your life? And the fact of the matter is it's not your fault. It's not your failing. It's not that you're not grateful. It's that the nervous system keeps running that survival programming, keeps running that anxiety, keeps not feeling safe for you to be in your body in the moment, in your intimate connection with yourself and everybody in your life. And that is trauma. And that is not your fault. And it can absolutely be healed and resolved. And my belief is that, you know, a woman can not only have it all, but she gets to truly enjoy it. Because what's the meaning of having it all if you can't fully enjoy it? A question I have for you is, do you think there's a dichotomy there? Because there's this thing that I find between here you are, a successful woman trying to do what you're doing. And then there's the masculine energy coming from the male-female relationship mm-hmm. as when it comes to relationships where if maybe your partner feels like you're a bit too assertive in the relationship, or he's like, why are you so assertive? You know, like you're supposed to take the back seat. I mean, there are various explanations for this. But one thing I find is I feel like for a lot of women, that. I don't want to use the word, but that messes up with our psyche. Because on one hand, you are trying to achieve all these amazing things that you just want to do, not because you're trying to compete with anybody. But on the other hand, apart from society, sometimes you have a partner or even family. It could be a father or a mother, even a mother telling you that, why don't you just be like the other girls? Why don't exactly. you? And then there's also this aggression that you get from a lot of men, you know, because I was trying to explain it in a blog I wrote recently. Mm. I was thinking, you know, I find like when women get assertive, it's classed as masculine energy. And men react in a kind of more aggressive, like as if they're reacting to another guy rather than they're reacting to a woman. Now she's classed as a bee, right? Exactly. The woman becomes the threat. Yes. <laughs> Where if he was getting the same from another guy, he would treat him as an equal or at least debate it out. But a woman comes with that energy and all of a sudden these guys switch up their aggression and there's this disconnect in your brain where you feel like, what did I just do? Oh, you just put words to this this horrible trap that successful driven women find themselves in. Yes, we want to play full out. We're here to live full out and create success on our own terms because why not? Because that's what we want to do. And like you said, it's not like we're competing with anyone. It's just our fullest expression is guiding us to that. 
and we get to have it and more. And then if we are also looking to create a partnership that is mutually uplifting and nourishing and romantic and exciting, that's when we also run into how PSD manifests in men. And it is also very traumatic what what men have experienced throughout patriarchy. Of course, men's trauma is laced with privilege, so it is not as easy to get men into even buying the idea of healing unless something bad happens. Like a lot of bad things happen from the place of being disconnected from your own authentic self, from your own feminine, even sometimes suggesting that there is a balance of the masculine and the feminine in us all can be offensive to a guy because, right, they're conditioned to suppress the feminine, to disregard, to diminish the feminine. And so they do it against women, but they do it against the feminine and them. And then it leads to further disconnection. And there are so many issues, so many mental health issues that guys struggle with depression and substance abuse. It's not like, oh yeah, they're feeling fully fulfilled and happy. Trauma really affects us all. I mean, trauma is a human thing. And if you're human, you have trauma regardless of gender, But what to do, right? What to do for us powerful women who are not willing to settle for breadcrumbs and who are not willing to pay the price of, okay, the price of success is being single. No, you know, unless that's what you desire. I'm a big proponent of women having what they desire, whatever that is. And here is our contribution to this conversation. So I actually work with my life partner. His name is Jeffrey. And we met on this path of healing. He and I both had been on this path for many years, doing a lot of inner work. And when we joined forces, we're doing this work together. But not only in our programs, we are doing this work in our relationship all the time because deeper layers of this conditioning come up in me and in him. And we're like the yin and the yang. My conditioning is like, hold back, like hold back, like contain your power. And his conditioning is take up all the space. (laughs) (laughs) And it's painful, right? He's very committed to healing, the healing of the feminine and the healing of the masculine. We both are. And it's unconscious. So it takes a lot to uncover. It takes a lot to work through it. But every layer that we work through takes us to a deeper, more connected, more honest, more authentic relationship where we can be fluid with the amount of the feminine, the masculine energies that both he and I express at different times. We can flow with that. It's not fixed. And I think that's where we run into trouble that patriarchy is telling us, oh, yeah, as a man, you got to be 100% masculine. And as a female, you have to be 100% feminine, whatever that even means. So I can talk a lot about it. But to give this context and hope, it is nothing that is a character flaw. It is not our fault. It is not the guy's fault. And it can all be healed. And that's what we're doing in our community and every day uncovering and creating a new precedent of what's possible for powerful women and men who desire to partner with amazing women. You talking about this 
like, you know, for some people listening, they might feel like this is a lot of whoa, 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 out there stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like whoa, 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 stuff. One of the ways I would like anyone listening to look at this is the fact that when we look at even our roles in society, gender roles, they are predetermined at birth. So, you know, someone has a child, boy, girl, male, female, mm -hmm. somewhere subconsciously inside you, you're already programming them from day one, mm -hmm. that you're this little girl and you're going to wear pink and you're going to paint your nails and be all dainty whilst you, no, 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 no. You can't paint your nails because you have to be aggressive. You are a boy. You have to shoot people and you have to play. You see what I'm saying? And I know there's a lot of people now that are parenting differently where they're just letting the children be. They're like, you want to play with a doll? You want to play with a car? Just play with whatever you want to play with and be whoever you want to be. As much as that is happening now, there's a lot of people that are so against it that are so like, how can you let your daughter play with trucks or bows and arrows or your son play with a doll? You're going to create. And not every boy that plays with a doll becomes gay. Neither does every girl that plays with a truck become a lesbian. You see what I'm saying? It's just a preference, you know? And I think even as humans, it's part of this thing. We've been so programmed generationally that this is how it's supposed to go. Now, that said, what I was thinking about when you were talking, and we're talking about the patriarchy stress disorder as pertains to women, you put it together very well when you talked about the dichotomy between male, female, gender roles and all of that. But there's this also thing between female, female, where women sometimes, even when they are feeling this stress or anxiety or depression that they've not achieved or they don't know why because they've been sitting at home all these years or they've got this amazing careers and they're just depressed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we feel resentful mm -hmm. towards the happy woman. I see it happen every day where women will look at another woman and they will look at her life, which is not necessarily better than theirs, but they just feel resentful. They're like, how can she be happy? Oh, you're bringing up all the hard issues, Amanda. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we can talk about it for, for hours and days and years. And Patriarchy would not stand if women did not uphold it. Women uphold patriarchy, perhaps more so than men. Just kind of a hard pill to swallow. And the way we do it unconsciously is by policing not only ourselves, but other women, not to step outside the lines of what is permissible under patriarchy because under patriarchy you can't be too visible you can't be too bright you can't be too sexy you can't be too happy you can't be too rich you can't be too outspoken all of that is forbidden and from the evolutionary survival perspective that actually makes sense that women police each other because if one woman sticks out then we're all unsafe right so she must be brought down and it's terrible right it's terrible it's so painful and it's i just want to put it in the context of okay it's not our fault and even for our listeners like i trust that you're not pulling other women down but maybe you're feeling scrolling through instagram maybe you're feeling jealousy maybe you're feeling oh my gosh like 
How come she has it and I don't? And that's totally normal, okay? It's not your fault. You're not a bad person for feeling this way. But it's that same trauma that we all share where we couldn't have it. We just couldn't have it. It was not on the menu. It was not an option. And women who reached for the forbidden fruit were punished. So a lot comes up for us when we see, oh, look, like she is living the life. Our own trauma gets triggered. And those feelings of jealousy or resentment let us know that it's there. And again, not your fault. It can be healed. And something that we see in our programs is that women at first are hesitant because they have not felt safe with other women before. And they're like, oh, it's a group program. I get to be with other women. I don't know about that. And then they have the experience of, oh, wow, this is the first community I actually feel seen in and upheld and celebrated and safe. And that's that's why I say Collective trauma, that's the word I was looking for. Collective trauma requires collective healing. We were all traumatized in a community and we must heal in the community. Yeah, and that's very interesting because I find like women are even can be our own worst critic, especially if the woman happens to be attractive and smart and this and that. And we find women go, hmm, I really don't know. And I find that even today, when we see women that are emboldened, that go out there, that are in high places or famous, so-called, in society, people sometimes give them a lot of flack for being out there or being outspoken. A typical example I can think, which is rather complex, is the whole thing that happened with Meghan Markle in the UK. Mm -hmm. and A lot of it is based on what we're talking about. If she was just a quiet mouse that just kept her mouth shut, mm-hmm. everything would have been fine. Yeah, there is just so much that plays out along the lines of sexism and racism in uh, uh, Meghan Markle's case, patriarchy and white supremacy. She unfortunately became this poster child for, okay, this is the ugliness that you encounter as a woman, as a woman of color, stepping into the spotlight and good for her now stepping and defining her own path. And we don't have a lot of choices right now, I feel like, what are we going to do? Like, are we going to just keep on shying away from the spotlight because it's not safe? But I think it happens on so many levels. I've seen it happen to, it's similar to what happened to Hillary Clinton in the elections, Mm -hmm. you know, like 2016. 100%. There were men that would not vote for her because she was a woman. (laughs) Yeah. And then in the election cycle where we had a number of candidates during this election cycle, women candidates, the narrative in the press has been, she is not electable. She is not electable. She is not electable. She is not trustworthy. She is not trustworthy. And that's the patriarchal narrative against women has always been Eve The biblical Eve is the poster child of that. Look, a woman cannot be trusted. Here's the story. Here is why the downfall of humanity. Eve is certainly not electable or or, or her descendants. But I think despite of the prejudice and the systems of oppression that exist in society, we do have unprecedented access and opportunity. And for me, 
the most leveraged way of using this access and opportunity is in healing ourselves every step of the way so that we can show up without burning out because feeling unsafe, right? Feeling unsafe in the spotlight, feeling unsafe, being outspoken, reaching for more, being in the public eye, it drives our nervous system into overdrive all the time. And then we have all these high achieving women with adrenal fatigue, with their bodies falling apart, with their relationships falling apart or them being single and not being able to find that fulfilling partnership. And to me, I feel, okay, let us disrupt that model of success that requires that level of sacrifice. And the way to do it is by rewiring our nervous system so that we can feel safe. We can feel safe. We can reclaim our internal power to show up, even when we're being triggered, even when the world is not exactly (laughs) pro-women. There's a lot that we can accomplish. And just looking at how accomplishment does not correlate with self-esteem or having it all or not having that in the critic or the imposter syndrome, looking at women like, Meryl Streep, women like Shonda Rhimes, they have all spoken to struggling with the imposter syndrome, struggling with burnout. And Shonda Rhimes even wrote in her book, Year of Yes, the more successful I was becoming, the more miserable I was becoming. I say, F that patriarchal model of success. No, we deserve to be successful and with each step increasing our wellness. And how good it feels. We deserve not only to have it all, but fully enjoy it. And we are this generation. We are the women who actually can create this new role model of what that actually looks like. And that's what we're up to in our community. And I believe that's changing a lot. I believe that's changing with the younger generation and people just taking charge and taking hold of who they are. But a really important thing I think that once you talk about and what you're talking about is the fact that also I feel like the main thing I feel for every woman here or everybody is know thyself. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times, a lot of women and men are trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Mm -hmm. This is a square peg and they're like, yeah, but society says this is how I have to behave. So they adapting and then they end up adapting too much and they just get depressed anxious and all these things happen so we've talked a lot about this process and patriarchy stress and all of this but could you give me a typical example of if someone came to you that said listen I've got a burnout I'm a successful career woman I'm depressed I'm anxious I'm angry I can't find a boyfriend every boyfriend I find thinks I'm too powerful or this or that how would you deal with someone like that what is your methodology, your technique? I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, I know you use a different, a more holistic approach. Absolutely. So as opposed to talk therapy, we don't go into story at all. There is this misconception that it's the story that drives everything else. But it's actually the subconscious. We know from neuroscience that our actions are decided in our subconscious. Our actions are decided in our subconscious. So how much you're working, how much you're giving away your time, how much or how little you're making, 
how fulfilled you are in your life and in your relationship and whether you are in one, your subconscious calls the shot. The shots in that because it either feels safe or unsafe. And that safe, unsafe spectrum is regulated through the nervous system and again is rooted in the subconscious. And if there is unprocessed trauma, it's going to trail toward unsafe, unsafe, unsafe. So what we do in our programs, we actually teach a mind-body energy protocol. We call it our thriving method that rewires the nervous system so that you can feel safe in your body, you can feel safe in your intimate relationship. You can feel safe making millions and showing up and being in the public eye. And that's not a cognitive thing. It's not about being confident. There are a lot of confident women who are suffering with their bodies falling apart, their adrenals blowing out and all sorts of autoimmune issues and other issues springing from that high level of stress that they're always carrying because their systems don't feel safe. It's a subconscious thing. But how you know it's there is because you're not feeling happy, fulfilled, free, at ease. You're always in that hamster wheel. And with rewiring the nervous system, these are the changes that we see. We have women falling in love with themselves for the first time in their 40s, experiencing their beauty. And just like, oh my gosh, unconditional, not like, oh, I got to lose 15 pounds before I even like consider myself worthy. Or women just springing into a whole new level of how they're showing up in the world and their leadership and how much money they make and keep and grow <laughs> and deeper intimacy with their partners and connection with their kids and their health rebalancing. We have women with uh, autoimmune disease seeing great relief and chronic migraines going away. So magic happens when that underlying trauma is just released from the subconscious and the stress that sits on top of it is no longer there and then you're free. So is this holistic approach kind of like when you get someone like a client, is this meditation or could you describe in, mm -hmm. in a detail a bit, like what is yeah, the approach? Absolutely. So my partner and I draw from the combined 40 years of research and study, and we are voracious and we are constantly studying the new cutting edge approaches to healing trauma, ancestral trauma, collective trauma, personal trauma. So we bring together all these approaches that we've tested, we've studied, and we oftentimes modify tools and combine them in such ways that they work better together, more effectively, more efficiently. And these can be practices that that work with our awareness, with breathing, with they, they all involve the body, mind, and energy. And just going directly into the sensations of the body, how the body learning the language of the body, how the body lets us know what needs to heal. And bypassing the story, going directly there. And then interestingly, the stories change as the outcome of the change and how safe it feels to be in the body. So I know it's kind of hard to describe it in a concrete way. It's a range of tools that draw from a range of approaches. 
And it's the best way I can describe it. It is very experiential. It is not from the head. It's from the body and energy perspective. Yeah, I like what you said about the body because I know that, you know, the body remembers everything. And, you know, I've seen other psychologists use different modalities where they release the trauma from the body, not mm -hmm. from the head. Yeah, the body remembers. It's all, and it makes sense because if, you know, just like we resemble our parents, parts of our body looks like our parents, like people have, mm -hmm. like I have my father's feet and, you know, my mother's hands, all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So then, therefore the muscles and stuff are also replicating. That's like, fascinating. When we look at research in epigenetics and how these stories, embodied stories, are transmitted between generations. And they've done mm -hmm. this research not only on humans, but on, on mice, on, on animals who don't even have the storytelling aspect in the human way. So it's not even like, oh, yeah, you must have heard it somewhere. No, the body remembers we actually got this genetic transmission there's a research study on cherry blossoms that i share in the book that that usually you know, blows people's minds just seeing so directly how mice were conditioned like really briefly that study involved mice being exposed to cherry blossoms the smell of cherry blossoms and simultaneously their feet were zapped by electric shocks and then they bred the mice and their children and grandchildren when exposed to the smell of cherry blossoms showed a strong fear and anxiety reaction okay oh, wow. oh, and that amazing. is exactly wow. right that is exactly how psd manifests yes we have not experienced like being burned at the stake we have not witnessed that we have not witnessed these things but our bodies remember that it's not safe to be outspoken to be in the public eye to be rich to be vulnerable in relationships and she lets us know and we can heal it also knowing from epigenetics that genetic expression changes in just one generation with the with with healing and not pass that along <laughs> yeah one of the points you've made that I think is so interesting is identifying because a lot of times when things are going happening to us, we don't know why. Yeah. We just do not know why. Exactly. You know, I remember a time in my life where I went through almost like a massive depression. I didn't know why mm -hmm. I was depressed. Yeah. I had the most amazing boyfriend that women would die for, you know, what I mean? <laughs> kind and all those things that women want, you know, like young, we were young, we were in love, mm -hmm. we were, you know, wealthy, all those things. And I was depressed. Yeah. He was the nicest. And even he couldn't understand why I was depressed and I couldn't understand why I was yeah. depressed. And it led to the end of the relationship because I had to walk away because I just felt like I wanted more of something. But yeah. I couldn't explain to myself what that thing was. When you talk about this, one movie I think about is The Hours. Oh, I remember I that movie. Yeah, you remember The Hours where there's that character of Julian Moore and she was going through so much depression and so much going on. And I think this happens to people. And when we can't explain why, mm -hmm. it almost like freaks us out. Because it freaks us out. Yeah. And we go to a therapist and then we, we start taking antidepressants because that's the only thing out there in the conventional sense. 
But that is actually a call to adventure. That is a call to look under the hood and see how is that wired into the system? How is my level of success and how good can it get in my life right now? Triggering ancient trauma. And how can I rewire that? So that success spells out not doom, but excitement. And yes, please, let's go in that direction. Let's have more of this. I feel that a lot because a lot of times, you know, one thing you've talked about is the triggers. Mm -hmm. If you don't know, you don't know. So what happens is sometimes you get triggered and you don't even know you're getting triggered. You're just feeling like, oh, I'm feeling so bad today. I don't know why. And, you know, there are triggers going on and you don't realize it because you don't, you haven't done this work about yourself to find out the reasons Mm -hmm. why you behave the way you are. So it's really wonderful. And I notice what I am excited about in today's world is I feel like I'm seeing a lot of work being done by a lot of women and a lot of men. And I'm seeing a lot of, because I talk to a lot of people and I'm seeing a lot of cohesive relationships. Mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of amazing women on this podcast where, just like you said, you and your life partner, their relationships are so cohesive, where they've learned how to amal- bring their energies together and talk about things and grow the relationship, find what each other's needs are mm-hmm. and how they can help each other rather than you know, the way it used to be where people just get in a relationship, they're both not happy, they're both anxious and they just Mm -hmm. think, oh yeah, we have to pretend we're together because of what society wants. Yeah, yeah, the old way, right? (laughs) The old way. (laughs) Yeah, that, that gives me hope too and so much delight seeing relationships that color outside the lines Mm -hmm. of patriarchy and more fluidity in gender expression and gender roles and just give so much freedom to all. Yeah, exactly. And I always wondered, you know, why can't we just live together, live in peace, all just enjoy each other and just find what we all need because (laughs) everybody just expresses their needs differently. And a lot Mm -hmm. of it is based on what you're talking about, you know, this, karmic kind of um, energy that we take with us along Mm. and we don't realize and it's amazing because as a spiritualist myself I study a lot of you know I'm a Buddhist and I work Mm -hmm. and I used spirituality to actually connect the dots that's how I came to realize that a lot of these things are just generational when I find myself behaving like my mother or going through certain things she went through at my age, just, and I'm thinking, oh my God, she used to go, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And recognizing that. And the moment I recognized that was when I thought, wow, we do inherit from our parents and, or from generational karma. And we have to be aware of that. So what I really like about the work you do is the fact that you're making people aware that, you know, there's something deeper and it's not only, them in the present moment. Yeah. And what's fascinating is science begins to catch up little by little Mm -hmm. to what spiritual traditions have known forever. Exactly. Like the concept of karma and intergenerational transmission of trauma, they kind of go hand in hand. Exactly. In Buddhism, we say it goes seven generations either way. Yeah. And the science begins to catch up to that. Exactly. Uh, They've studied as far as three or four generations so far, but We're moving in that direction for sure. Exactly. So that said, I know you've got an event coming up. Could you tell us more about it? 
Oh, absolutely. Would love for you to join us at the price of greatness, a conversation that we're going to have live with powerful women. And we're going to explore the tools and practices, some of the tools and practices that we teach in um, our programs so that you can start tapping into how that trauma is wired into your system in an experiential way and how to shift from survival, that intergenerational story of how much can I bear, to thriving, that story of how good can it get. So let's create a different world together. Let's create a thriving world together. Let's become the role models for it, embody the change we want to see in the world. And thank you so much, Amanda, for sharing yeah. about our yeah. event. Hope to see you there. Jeffrey well, and I are going to be there. Definitely. And also what I wanted to talk about is how can people find you if they want to find you like social media, website? Absolutely. DrValerie.com. And if you head on over to drvalerie.com forward slash book, you can download the first chapter of my book, Patriarchy, Stress Disorder, and also supplemental materials. Some practices that you can start playing with are there for download as well. I'm most active on Instagram at Dr. Valerie Rain and same handle on Facebook as well. So please stay in touch. I love DMs. If you have a question, shoot me a DM. That's the best way of getting in touch with me. It's amazing how technology has taken over everybody now. It's so easy right. to touch with people, you know, and, you know, I mean, this conversation, I could go on forever and I look forward to seeing you on the 17th. I'll be there at the price of greatness, you know, so if you want to come to Dr. Valerie's event, it's the price of greatness. I'm going to put a little link in the podcast and on all the things. Are you going to have a replay of this? Maybe. You know, yes, there, there yeah. will be, there will be a replay. However, there's going to be a lot more value from showing up live because we're actually going to have experiential activities right there. We'll have breakout rooms. You'll get to meet your powerful sisters from all over the world oh, yeah. so we, we always get feedback from our events that this is probably the and most what time, and what time does it start 11 pacific from 11 to 1 pacific 11 to 1 pacific mm -hmm. okay i hope to see you then dr val <laughs> i look yeah. forward to that amanda let's okay. play yeah thank you very much for coming on the show it's my and pleasure. yeah i'm sure i'll see you again you all know where to find dr valerie drvalerie.com and if you want to find out more about patriarchy stress disorder, you could go to drvalerie.com forward slash book, where you can get the first chapter of the book and you can get various tools that can help you identify if, you know, this is what you're going through.